The Land Grant Trophy resumes its rightful place next to Paul Bunyan and the Old Brass Spittoon. Tommy Bahama's back with some decent runner-up hardware. We've got nothing but time and Louisville until we're going bowling. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by what appeared to be a starving Yeti, <laughs> Kevin Grek. Grek, are you thawed out after your uh, trip to Spartan Stadium? Yeah. The woodshed. I, uh, I'm still building a uh, snowman in the woodshed, making him tall, making him slender, uh, but he's beautiful. He's he's glorious. It's it's sort of if uh, if the Slenderman had a starring role in Frozen, that would be you. It's a crossover event. It's the next big uh, Slenderman meets Olaf like the extended universe. <laughs> Let him know? go. Let him go. <laughs> Let him grow. Uh, and also here, the man who personally updated Jim Harbaugh's GPS, listener guest Alex Plum. Plum, how are your plums feeling? Man, I I hate you. Pretty good, guys. How are you guys? You guys having uh, some chips over there? Feeling delicious. A couple of chips. <laughs> yeah. A little parched, though. Well, Jim got lost on his way to uh, the big house, which, you know, shouldn't be a surprise. He's not the smartest guy out there. So uh, I happened to be in Ann Arbor getting some books from the local bookseller and uh, helped a brother out. And uh, he was he was unable to find his way to Indy, and you made sure that he. I he, want he was to be helpful to because so. I am a kind-hearted individual who will root for Michigan from time to time. So there you go. You're welcome, oh. all of you Michigan Wolverine fans. You're welcome. <laughs> be very I got clear. This is why you keep the the moniker listener guest. Correct. Um, yep. And they, actually, we should discuss that after the after this episode, whether he gets to maintain that yeah, at this, all. I. I I I just I'm not sure if we can trust his judgment. It's true. I point. I wrote I wrote go blue in the group text and oh, I got right. met. I, it was met with silence. It was yes. met with silence. Deserved. All right, moving yeah. on. Let's talk about this ten. Hold on, team, shall we? Let's not move uh, too quick here. Uh, thank you, of course, for listening. Um, if you could, uh, please rate, uh, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with Spartans in your life. Follow us on the Twitter machine at Spartan underscore Pod and Instagram at that same handle. Now, Greg. The show. Yes. Starts with the green wall. Green wall, uh, where we're going to discuss the game that was against Penn State. Uh, talk, finally, about Tucker's extension, now that it's been inked. Uh, and discuss what uh, happened in the battle for Atlantis, uh, because the guys were down in the Bahamas. And uh, there were some good games, and then there was a bad half. Yeah, really terrible half. Really awful half. Go off Grand River because the coaching carousel be a spinning, even though MSU (laughs) is solidly on the sideline. Thank God for that. Uh, And then uh, we'll preview some games coming up this week. Well, we'll probably skip the Toledo game. We'll talk about the Louisville game. Uh, And then we'll take your Twitter questions. Yeah. All right. Uh, So let's. Let's first acknowledge, you know, we 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 played uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions uh, and came out victorious 30 to 27. But before we even get into the game, let's savor the feeling of 10 and 2 in a season that the total win column was projected to be around four by Vegas. I I just want to point out uh, that 
no one on this podcast ever doubted for a minute that this team would be 10 and 2. <laughs> and that you should definitely not go back and listen to the early season preview because it, uh, just take my word for it. We nailed it. We were um, all. I nailed it. it. I nailed it. And I am going to go back and I'm going to find the audio clip and I'm going to post it to my own personal Twitter. Okay. okay. That's what I'm going to do because I never lost faith, unreasonable as it may have been, because guess what? Uh, it was perfectly it, reasonable. What's so crazy about you being the one to do that is if we released the text messages. Oh, it's not important who texted whom what. And also you texted Go Blue. You have no credibility. You're, uh, you're, you're gone. I hoard all of the uh, the audio uh, capabilities here. So uh, good luck trying to download a podcast, <laughs> cut it up, put it on social media. That's actually the bigger I, issue. Yeah. I tip my cap to you, sir. <laughs> If you pull it off. Um, all right. So let's talk about this 30 to 27 victory. Um, because, you know, going into the game, I think we were collectively sort of in oh shit mode. We, I mean, we're coming off of getting just stomped by, by Ohio State. And then um, it has to be said that Brett McMurphy, who usually is a journalist of some repute, some. Yeah. Uh, Tweets out that half the team is sick with flu. Now, it did turn out that the team, members of the team, did have flu. Uh, but they weren't out entirely. Um, so they were I just up to IVs. I just kept getting notifications Friday night and Saturday morning of line changes <laughs> from the app on my phone, just being like, uh, we've adjusted the line. Now it's Penn State by four. Now yeah. it's Penn State by five. Now it's Penn State by <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there was the flu and we knew coming out of the Ohio state game that this team was big time banged up. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that largely continued to be the case in this game. So, you know, Penn state having a, a, a down year, but a pretty good defense, it, it was not unreasonable to, to come into this game thinking this is not, uh, not ideal. Um, and lo and behold, a gutsy win that was carried through by the playmakers who have who've defined the season, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. let's start with uh let's start with Peyton Thorne, if if uh anyone's game. Um because dude uh you know in a snowstorm goes 19 for 30 with 268 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Um a pick six admittedly, but a, a, an incredible game on yeah. his part. Yep. Uh and some huge throws. I mean, I I still can't understand that throw to the to the corner of the end zone with Reed coming mm -hmm. up with it. Just like it was perfect. Yeah, just putting a toss up there. Um, just, that that's all trust. It, yeah, I mean, I heard those guys have a certain history, uh, and it pay, it paid off. It paid yeah. off. But yeah, completing two thirds of your passes in a snowstorm, and I, it's funny. I we keep the box score up. Uh, as we're doing the podcast and here in the MSU Spartans uh, box score page, it says the weather for the game was a sunny, which I would dispute <laughs> 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 sitting there that day. Uh, I think when they go and they look back at this box score in several years, uh, they might. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what an amazing game that Thorne had uh, to end. What, a, what an amazing season he's had you guys like. Yeah. Also, sorry, I know we talked about his passes, but also eight attempts for 39 yards on the ground. Yeah. And uh, opportune, too. And Big a touchdown. Ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
how incredible is it? I think he's like, it looks like he's likely going to pass, uh, pass some record holders this year. Um, but to have him as a redshirt sophomore, that it's pretty incredible, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of film of him getting his passes batted down against Ohio state. So, uh, <laughs> you don't have to worry about him going pro too early. I don't think, yeah. uh, <laughs> It's, he it's will have, great. He will be on platforms next year. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, we've talked about Jaden Reed. A, I guess a quiet game for Jaden Reed at six receptions for 89 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, only 89 yards. Jaden, what were you doing, man? Come on. <laughs> um, Montori Foster, you know, with four catches, had a big game. I think, uh, you know, in the past game, though, uh, he obviously had one large reception, but Malik Carr is someone worth giving a shout out to because he's obviously going to be a big part of this team next year. Uh, I think over the last few games, notwithstanding Ohio State, because no one looked good there, mm-hmm. uh, he's you're starting to see what the big deal is about Malik Carr. Yeah, why he made that jump, why he was such a highly regarded recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to give Connor Hayward credit to yes, on senior yeah. day. Absolutely. The redemption arc is complete on him. Um, there will be a movie made about him someday. <clears throat> the big, the big fella. I can't uh, wait. He did his family uh, proud. I mean, he had some shoes to fill. I think he, he articulated that as one of the biggest um, things he was carrying in his mind when he was going into the transfer portal was, would he be able to live up the expectations that he'd set for himself in light of the family that he comes from, what his father had achieved his brother. So I think the fact that he was able to stick around, able to reconcile that with himself and the team and then achieve just a fantastic performance. I mean, he was an anchor at multiple levels on this team. He was mm-hmm. looked at, sought after he's captain a couple of times. Um, and God, he had a performance yesterday. So that's, uh, you love to see it. You really do. For, for a kid like him, you love to see that. Yeah. Um, but we can say all of this about the past game, but it was indeed a a a blizzard. And so naturally you got to turn to your Heisman candidate and Ken Walker grabs the ball 30 times, 146 yards, uh, again, sorry, 138 net, uh, with a touchdown. And I think he left one on the board too, Yeah, that he just, he just slipped in the snow. Yeah. That was a bummer seeing that. I mean, I know that the team ended up scoring on that drive anyway. I think that was the, the Peyton Thorn mm, one yard yeah. line push through. Yeah. Um, but still, um monster game from him and big runs when you needed them yeah. as well. I, yeah. I think there were a couple like you know long like third and long I think he got on a third and long once and busted you know he, he broke through. Um just huge huge game from him and I I hope one I I know that the Heisman's going to end up going to uh you know some quarterback somewhere. Um yep. but I, I'm, I'm happy for him that by all accounts, he's going to be headed to New York. He'll be there. He's going to get votes and, uh, absolutely deserving of those. Yeah. He's doing better than Derrick Henry. And, uh, who's, why can't I think of the other guy who the last running back? Uh, um, Mark Ingram. Yes. No, was there, isn't, hasn't there been another running back since Mark Ingram? Derrick Henry. But an, another one in addition oh, no. to that. Really? 
Yeah. Man. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, also, Ken Walker's first game in the snow. I don't know if you guys caught that, but has I never played a game in the snow before. Wow. What a great uh, performance for that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know how much, you know, it, it's hard to take too much from, uh, uh anything, I guess in a game that I, I don't know that we're going to say anything here that isn't already known about this team and isn't also a bit, uh, caveated in the, in the idea that it, the team is still quite beat up, mm-hmm. but this to me, if anything, was just about a gutsy win. Guys playing through some pretty serious sickness, playing through injuries. Uh, it, it certainly was a team win. It seemed it was people playing for for folks who are not going to be on the team any longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, this was program defining stuff, and 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 I think is one of the best victories. It, it, it this one just felt important. This one felt really important for whatever this chapter of Michigan state is. And it felt big there too. I'm going to do a small gloat having been in the stadium for this one. Uh, I gotta, I gotta give credit to the crowd. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend is a tough weekend to, you know, make your way over to a college football game. Um, I mean, I, I understand that one of God's greatest football trophies was on the line, but still, um, they were there the whole time. Um, I, I mean, yes, the, the corners of the end zone were empty, but the energy was in the house. Uh, people showed up, they stayed and it will end up being, I mean, it's not, you know, the greatest game I've ever seen in Spartan stadium. It's not a, a rocket. It's not a little giants. It's not something like that, but, um, it was a memorable atmosphere with the snow coming down. I can't recall another proper snow game like that in Spartan stadium tweet at us. Um, if you can think of the last time that there was like, you know, snow on the, on the field, you know, coming down flurries. Yeah. Where they're blowing um, off the hash marks because yeah. Yeah. Started the game with shovels and then end of the game. They went mechanized in the second quarter. Uh, the shovels weren't enough apparently. No. Uh, but it was, it was beautiful having the, the snow come down. It, you know, it wasn't too cold. It was just cold enough that it was snowing instead of raining. And um, it it was a great, great atmosphere for a college football game. Um, well, I'm 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 happy that people and and you on behalf of the pod sort of answered the call mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. went to the game and and stayed for the game. Uh, I guess we maybe should take a second to acknowledge uh, three parts of the game that. Um, well, four, because we're going to talk about special teams. But let's talk about defense for a second. Because Sean Clifford, in a snowstorm, was asked to throw the ball 34 times, uh, a little bit more than than Peyton Thorne. Um, he did throw for three touchdowns. Uh, he threw for 313 yards. But he got sacked four times. So I, it was interesting to me, the the sort of strategic decision. I don't... I don't know that you would make, call up a plan, any other kind of plan than actually a bend don't break, if you will, in this particular circumstance. Like, let's make him throw the ball that much uh, and see if he can do it. What was interesting to me, though, is that that we got home four times uh, in mm-hmm. this game and, and sacked him. 
including a 25 yard loss, I think on a sack. Yeah, there was a huge sack. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of when that was. Um, and then obviously there was at the, at, you know, the last Penn state uh, drive of the game, there was that, that big fourth down that was given up, unfortunately, but defense, uh, you know, against some teams, apparently you can bend and not break. Uh, so happy to see that again this week. Um, I, I thought it was funny. A lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the reactions that I saw from Penn state player or Penn state fans online was like, why did we throw it more? You know, why, why would, why did we bother with 26 rushes? It's yeah. like, bro, you weren't there. You clearly were not there. 34 in that environment is a lot to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And I'm impressed that either of these quarterbacks had as many completions as they did. I mean, yeah. Clifford still ended up, you know, completing 23 for 34. So, um, I mean, it's just not, this was not a environment that was conducive to, you know, tossing the ball all over the place. You know, it was, it was, uh, you know, the elements. The elements were real. Uh, let's talk about Plum's favorite topic. Yeah. The, kick, the kicking. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. Listen, I, Matt Coughlin just makes me sad. Love him. Don't know what happened to him. Know that he proposed to somebody and then was seriously injured. Draw your With own hip, hip injury. Yeah. Draw your own injury. conclusions, but I hate it. So because of that, and since then we've had not one, but we've had two missed point after tries. I could kick the extra point. I could do it. So I don't know why, and don't tell me because it's wet and it's snowy. You just got done saying how many completions the quarterbacks had on both ends of the field for the snowiest, wettest, wintriest mixed game of <laughs> wintriest mixed wintriest mixest game of the years. And here, these full buckets of chode can't kick extra points. I won't do it. I won't have it. And I don't accept it. Now, Bryce Berenger didn't have his best performance, but he got us out of a pickle a couple of times. Would have hoped some of the punts to have gone a little bit farther or hung a little bit longer in the air, but not kicking under optimal circumstances. So I'll give him. A I can't imagine a- punting in the snowstorm. Not at all. The amount of the amount of all. weight you got to place on one leg. And you know what? And he had a number of really good kicks that took great bounces for us. And. So I give him all the credit for each of the lucky bounces that we got because without that mustache, they wouldn't have happened. But suffice it to say, my God, the kicking, I don't, both of those guys, they shouldn't go into the transfer portal. Uh, they should be expelled and they shouldn't be allowed to play sports. Um, and if anyone knows their name, don't at them, but tell their mothers that we're disappointed here on the podcast. And their fathers that they should be ashamed. Yeah. Do you think Perrin, do you think Berenger wore those goggles all season in preparation for this for game? For this game. He saw this game in a dream. Well. And that's when he knew. That's the same reason he had the mustache. Those goggles that's the same now. reason he had the mustache. No one can afford that yeah. much, you know, you get the beads of sweat from nervousness. Not with a mustache, you don't. Not with yeah. a mustache. You're not going to freeze the upper lip. Not him. That's why Plum's got the mustache, man. So you can't you can't tell what's happening. You can't. It, it keeps a stiff upper lip. Mm-hmm. There it indeed. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Coughlin, be on the lookout though. Uh, is or Coughlin, sorry, is um, uh, is six points away from being the all time leading scorer for Michigan State. So, so when his dad flies them to the bowl game, 
Yeah. There's a lot on the line. A lot on the line. His dad uh, airlines. Come on through, Maddie. So, so I let's I mean, I, I want to talk about a few things related to the team, uh, but before we do, we are like let's take a second and, and reflect on being ten and two and, and sort of maybe the significance you think it means for 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 whatever you want to make out of this year and then and for the for the new program that we're gonna we're actually gonna talk about Tucker's contract in a bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I I I think it speaks for itself. I mean this is a team that uh, the outside expectations were not very high. The inside expectations reflected that. I think we thought that four was low. I think we were expecting somewhere two games greater than that, maybe three games greater than that to exceed it to more than double that win total is a testament to this program and what it's capable of doing. And there is so much momentum right now um, with the recruiting class that's coming in with the heat that the team is getting with this extension that you mentioned uh, that Tucker's been given. Um, I, I don't know how you don't look at this and say this is a program very solidly on the rise. The Ohio State game notwithstanding. Yeah. Plum, what do you think? You know, um I'm with you. I <laughs> D'Antonio was making four point three in his last year. Yeah, do you think D'Antonio's looking at this and like, oh my God, why what? He's like, what was I, I doing? He's like, I beat Ohio State. <laughs> I actually beat Ohio State. I don't know. Uh, 4.3. I mean, this is a big deal. Um, I know we talked about the coaching roulette and the wheel, the 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 round, whatever the hell this is called. Well, before we get to Tucker's uh, number, uh, like right, uh, contract, right. though, I mean, are you, I guess, uh, what do you just think of the, the, the program? 10 and 2? Yeah. No, the, this is fantastic. Team. Sorry. Yeah, this is fantastic. So we are going to leave this in. I have to reprimand Plum. What's happened, what's just taken place, dear listener, is Plum is so focused in on his chips right now True, I keep that he myself. moved forward one spot on the list. <laughs> he, they, he, we want to talk about this team and how great it is and the program of being on the rise. And Plum's over there, but like, what about Couldn't hear the chips? because he was, the, the crunch what, was over. What about my chips? This is why you're a listener guest. Well, and this is why we're never updating the. You know, logo. and there's, but there's, you, know, you, you have to say, really, I'm just living into the identity you've given. <laughs> That's right. You, know, you want better. It's our fault. It's Joseph. your fault. This is exactly it. This is your fault. Well, um, compete to play, compete to stay. That's all I got. Well, say. there it is, and that, and that might be the end of it. Okay, then to your question and to the point, I would say, I mean, I couldn't feel better. I really couldn't be happier. The if the one thing that I have, the one thing, because listen. I expected to be a two loss program. Frankly, I probably, I think I called us maybe nine and three, but regardless, I, I didn't expect wins over Michigan or wins over Ohio state. And I just assumed there would be another one that we wouldn't make probably in the season. So the fact that we beat Michigan, the fact that we, you know, we did as well as we did, you don't want to get a shellacking. And we talked about this last week, like we did with Ohio state, but in the guy's second season with a roster that he hand assembled, out of mismatched toys from the island of mismatched people, I think he deserves every dollar that we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes. And I am ecstatic that he is with the program for another 10 years. I talked about it at the beginning of the season. I've been harping on it all season long, culture. 
He has set a culture. He's created a culture. He's inculcating a culture. And the culture that he has made is what is going to sustain the program and set the tone for going forward. You can see it in the faces of the players. You can see it in the record that he's been able to assemble. You can see it on his face. You can hear it in his voice when he talks. You know because of how he talks about specific things, the kind of person that he is and the kind of culture that he's setting. I can get behind that 100%. And to be able to do that now for the next 10 years is beyond exciting to me. Uh, so I, I guess a couple quick notes, uh, Jaden Reed and, uh, Kenneth Walker were both asked after the game about whether they'd be back next year. Um, neither gave an answer, which is to be expected. Um, Kenneth Walker was asked specifically if, if he would play in a bowl game, uh, and he indicated he would, uh, you guys may have a different opinion, but I, I think I would like to say to Kenneth Walker, it's okay, man. You don't have to like, it's okay. Yeah. Different opinion, but I, well, I, I just, I, I've gotten a, a season to be, see, I think the best running back play of my life. And mm-hmm. it, it may be that we don't get to see a back this talented at Michigan state again, or at least it's going to be a long, long time. And they have very limited shelf lives. I mean, the the pounding he's taken this year alone. Yeah. And and no one is going to be no one's going to supplant him as the number one running back off the board. So, if if he needs to do what's best to make money for him, Ken, you gave me an incredible year and no hard feelings if you sit out. That's what he's you know, he's tuned in this week to be like, what does Jonesy think? I I just I hey, look, I I just I think I couldn't, I have an opportunity to at least express to other people that like, I'm not going to be mad at Kenneth Walker if he decides to not play in this game. And I have nothing but thankfulness for, for just being a really nice kid, a, and an amazing player to watch. Um, and, and has given some really fun moments over the year that, um, you know, I I think we thought he was going to be good. My God, I did not expect to see greatness. And so if he wants to do what's best for him and his family and not play in the bowl game, not a big deal. I agree with that statement, actually. Uh, we've seen it. Guys get injured in bowl games and their drop stock. Yeah, drop as a result of it. So yeah. I don't blame him. Uh, I also don't blame him. I, would I prefer to see oh, him sh- out there? Oh, absolutely. Well, um, I'd, be elated, I'd be elated if he is out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like absolutely. <laughs> but I agree with you. Yeah. Do an evaluation, Kenneth, uh, and uh, and make that decision for yourself. Uh, you've got a program behind you one way or another. Um, the other thing uh, that we need to talk about is some changes that are going to start yeah. happening. Um, Dowell just hit the transfer portal. Michael um, Dowell, yep. Yep, Michael Dowell. Pardon me. There are multiple Dowells, so I should have been more specific. Um, so that's that's one guy out of the secondary. Uh, he had been largely supplanted by by Darius Snow in terms of playing time, so maybe not a huge surprise. Um, and and does go as a as someone who got to participate fully in Senior Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it, it, it's more akin to a, a grad transfer than anything else, right? And so and so it begins. There's going to be speculation about guys staying, guys going. Um, this new recruiting class, we're going to, I'm sure we're going to talk about that during signing day. Um, there's just, uh, it's, things are going to start changing with this team. 
and unfortunately, you know, as much fun as it's been watching them play, getting to see, you know, this this team play week by week, um, things are going to be turning over a little bit. Um, But like we said, um, the program appears to be on the right trajectory, even if, you know, we got a long time to speculate on this, even if it's not a 10 win season next year, you know, the, the record, the uh, schedule is a little tougher. As it turns out, this schedule was a nice ramp for this team. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't fully anticipate that at the time, uh, going on the road to play a defending Western uh, division champs, Northwestern team, going on the road to play Miami, a team that entirely fell apart over the course of the year. Um, You know, Nebraska, Nebraska itself, as it did about a billion times. uh, Did you see the stat about Nebraska, by the way? How do you quantify the Nebraska-tification of well, what happens? They ended the season like somehow plus 60 or something like that, but we're still <laughs> three and nine. Like, <laughs> this is when, this is my problem with, you know, Nebraska fans when Frost got re-signed, they were like, we were so close in all these games. Like, you were. That's the problem. <laughs> yes, you're like the like the thing you're pointing to is, is the, pro- the problem. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, you talk about changes, and yeah, I I think it's going to be exciting to to watch recruiting in the transfer portal. It is worth noting, senior, actual senior Xavier Henderson uh, did not participate in senior day activities and was not included in the seniors graphic uh, for Michigan State. So, uh, twelve out of twelve captain maybe back next year uh which i think in a in a unit that has had struggles uh that is the secondary um having your leading tackler for the season come back would not be a bad thing and hopefully Um, next year he doesn't have to be the leading tackler honestly if your safety is a leading tackler it's a problem yeah (laughs) so uh all right let's let's talk tucker um so we, we we mentioned it last week i'm sure almost everyone who's listening to this knows but Tucker signs a 10-year, $95 million um, deal that apparently also includes additional bonuses, as if that was a thing. Have we not been needed. able to get our hands on this thing yet? I'm surprised it has not been released. It is not public, as far as, yeah, as far as it, we're aware. It will be. It has to be. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, it came out, I, I believe, today that the NFL uh, sniffed around at Tucker in anticipation of him signing this deal to see if... Maybe he was interested in the NFL. Um, hmm. I it, it seems that it from let's look at it this in a few different ways, right? So let's start with from our perspective as Michigan State fans or as an institution that you know, uh, we we mentioned last week the raise portion of this was entirely paid for from donors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Michigan State's financial outlay, liability, whatever is is not different than it was before, unchanged. Um, and so we got a guy that I think, well, obviously with the, with the money attached to this, but, uh, you know, this podcast believes in so far, uh, that that's, there seems to be some proof in, in the process that he's put into place. Uh, you know, we got him at no extra cost and, and it seems that he's decided that this is a place that he wants to be. And indeed has, has said that, um, he wants to, you know, when asked about it, talked about wanting to win a national championship here and did say that 
you know, that requires a certain kind of commitment. And I, I think, you know, he, he looks at this dollar amount as, as like a, that's, that's what we're going to do here. We're going to spend to make this happen. Well, and let's be clear. He hasn't been anywhere longer than three years in the last decade. I mean, the longest tenure he had was a D uh, defensive coach, uh, defensive coordinator at Georgia. Sure. Um, so you have to think that his family has to be a little bit tired of the jumping yeah. and the going and the moving and the packing and the settling into a new home. I mean, it's, it's almost been every year. I mean, over the last couple of years, it has been nearly every year. So there's something to be said. You know, he's not getting any younger. He's not an old man by any measure. But in some respects, the stars were already aligning, if you take the long-term picture, for him sure. to kind of put his feet down. By the way, he wasn't wildly successful in the NFL. He was very good early on when he was doing defensive coordination. He was an interim head coach in Jacksonville for a little bit. He had some success there. Um, he wasn't selected for the head coaching gig. Stayed there another season before parting ways to go to the Bears, where he was not good. Um, and maybe that's not in him, but in the Bears were, you know, are a, are a iffy team at best. And they yeah. were very bad. And he was like, go after two seasons. So and if you're a fan of the Bears, frankly, you, you, who, your judgment is also caught. Well, I mean, we can say part. the same thing about Lions fans. But to, to mm-hmm. be clear, he, you know, I, so there's, I mean, listen, I'm not, he overpaid, underpaid, who cares? I doubt it matter to me. It's Matt Ishbia's money. So thanks, Matt. But but to my, to my thinking, at least, I, there's a lot of contextual factors that were underpinning this. And uh, and so I'm glad that the stars aligned in this way. We had speculated that on this podcast about like the the amount of jumping that he's done and the fact that he has been fired from jobs before. Does that make him more likely to to make a jump to an LSU or equivalent program? Or does that make him more likely to stay at MSU and put down some roots and appreciate, you know, obviously a program that coaches think is worth going to and spending, you know, the greater part of their career at. It happened with D'Antonio. It happened with Izzo. Really Saban is the exception to this rule of coaches that we would like to keep here that don't stay here. Well, and and if if the reports are to be believed and I don't know that they are, but Saban wanted to stay. Yes, that's accurate. There are those stories that, that Saban wanted to stay and there were just McPherson. issues with, with McPherson at the time. Um, the other stories that were, that are coming out now and we should be attributing these and forgive me if I don't properly, I think 24 uh, seven, one of the guys over there uh, said that the rumors that they had been hearing is that Tucker told the staff that he wasn't planning on leaving um, and that, you know, the wheels were in motion to make sure that he stayed. Um, uh, you know, Adam Schefter, pointed out that, you know, the NFL reached out. Um, and what we're hearing is that this is a guy that's committed to the program. The program showed their appreciation for that. And, uh, you know, people are watching this across the country. Recruits are noticing this. Yeah. Media members are noticing this. I know the dollar amount is bananas and it is, it is bananas. Um, but it's a, it's a commitment. It's showing that MSU is willing to do what it takes to win at this level. Well, so I, I and I also I want to kind of drill into a particular two two particular criticisms of of this deal. Um, and the first one is that you get this sort of nebulous. Um, uh, it, he's an unproven head coach, and and I guess. You know, I, I'm curious what you guys think here, because my initial reaction to that is, 
I think Mel Tucker was going to get paid a large sum of money no matter what. Right. He was already getting paid a good amount of money at Michigan State, and that means someone was going to pay him more. Right. Um, and so then you have an unknown and uh, in that you no longer have a head coach. Uh, any progress you think you've made over the last year, year and a half, two years uh, is dissipated. Uh, by the way, your number 18 recruiting class in the country may be falling apart as a result of that. And uh, you have to go out and pay somebody then. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that it was cheaper for MSU to hire somebody new. And indeed, if if you look at this from a traditional sort of, you know, as a company would look at things, mm-hmm. it costs more to hire a new employee than to give a raise. Yeah. So if you think you have a high performer on your hands, give them more money. Yeah. And I, I really doubt that the press at whatever that destination job might have been that paid him something similar would have it would have had an issue with the dollar amount. No. So it there's a lot of snark in the Detroit media right now about this. Yeah. And and, that, and including some folks uh at a publication that we really like uh seem to have some things to say about Mel Tucker making 95 million dollars. And I I don't know is it just because it's Michigan State? I I don't know. It might be because of how crazy it is generally that college coaches are being paid as much well, as they are, but and so that's a that's a fair and fine other question that I kind of wanted to ask about is like, do you care? It's going to be something that's there. That's for sure. I mean, when if there's a, you know, these things ebb and flow, and if there is a lower performing season coming up, then that dollar amount is going to be in a lot of headlines. And it's going to be, there's going to be even more snark about that. But if he continues to win <laughs> and, you know, after this coaching carousel that's happening right now, the dollar amount might not look that crazy at all. We don't know what the yeah. Lincoln Riley contract is going to look like at, at USC. Um, and then who knows what kind of a check LSU is going to have to. Who are they going to write it to? Well, let's say, well, let's say they, they have a program that just has to save face now at this point. So they might go out and just make someone the highest paid coach in the country at this in point. In all sports ever. Yeah. Just because idiots that got themselves into this situation need to save face at this point. Um, so I, I'm happy for Mel Tucker. I wanted him to continue to be the coach at Michigan State University. And this is what it took for that to happen. Um, and it's also being paid for by a billionaire. So who cares? Right. A person with Two effectively unlimited. Yeah, I don't even know who this St. Andre dude is. And he's a billionaire too. Like, are billionaires just growing on trees at this point? Yeah, can I, I have I thought one? we were supposed to have like a few billionaires. Why does MSU have like 14 billionaires? Why are you questioning something like this? <laughs> I don't How know. How great it's just, it's stupid that billionaires exist. He has effectively unlimited money. The fact that some of this money is going to disappear from him will have net effect zero on his life. So who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Uh, it is, I, I think we would be remiss to not also say that this, uh, for the moment anyway, makes Mel Tucker the highest paid black coach in all of sports. Um, You know, 
uh, one of 12 or 13 uh, head black coaches in, in FBS. Um, we've already talked about the fact that we have, you know, a black AD and a, a black head coach. Um, and that that's an, an even rarer combination. Um, but I, I am, uh, I, we talk, I, I think at Michigan state sometimes about, uh, you know, what happened in, in the fifties and sixties about, uh, you know, desegregating sports, particularly in football. I, I am proud of the through line that you can draw. And, uh, and it, it, you know, this isn't charity. I think Mel Tucker has earned this or has at least in, earned the investment. Um, and so uh, it is, you know, that is something that Michigan State can, can put a feather in the cap of, I, I think, of, of promoting and investing in, in, in a black head coach. So two cents on that. There you go. All right. Uh, a word from a sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Thank you, a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, uh, it was obviously a full and exciting week of, of football, but I will also say it was great to have three consecutive days of basketball. In the battle for Atlantis, uh, Michigan State goes 2-1 and one with wins over Loyola Chicago and Auburn and a loss to Baylor with one very competitive half uh, that Plum... I believe your text was, "Ack, but we're losing by two to the defending national champions at halftime. Uh, we're now down to Ken Palm 25, but number two in the defense category. So um, I guess anyone got some some sort of uh, some broader thoughts on on the team as in, in their outing in the Bahamas. Um, and then I, I do want to spend some time talking about this defense might be legit. Well, we got to get in front of the upper deck jerk guys question about Gabe, right? Cause it, it's there. It's there. The I'm sure there. it is. I have no doubt. Gabe. I think Gabe's starting to show that he might be turning into the player that you can rely on. Yeah. Night the kind of what we've been looking for from him begging, begging. Yeah, truly. Uh, over this time, he he hasn't really been, I guess maybe you could say for the Baylor game that he was sort of the story, but he certainly wasn't for the UConn game. That was Malik Hall. Um, and then the Loyola game was, you know, a, a combination of factors. You know, Bingham had a huge game against Loyola, et cetera. Uh, but now he's starting to turn into a guy that gets in it, um, you know, is available doesn't disappear to the extent that he was before yep. and is is really stepping up and leading. You can see his leadership on the floor and on the sideline as well, getting into it with guys a little bit, moving people around. Um, you can see it on defense that he's, you know, chatting a little bit more, making sure that everyone's on the same page. Not, um, not getting no lapses so far that I've seen him from. Yeah. Him where I'm like, I, if there is one story, from 
the battle for Atlantis, for me, it is Gabe Brown really coming into his own as a leader on this team and uh, and someone that you can rely on to be productive uh, game in and game out, which is a big question mark that we had at the beginning of the season was like, who's the dude? I think what I said on the pod was like, this is a team with like four third options or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I think what we're seeing from, from Gabe Brown in particular is that he can be the guy. Um, apparently not that Izzo calls <laughs> plays for uh, when the game is on the line right. necessarily, but he can be the guy that, that you go to when things are starting to, you know, get your know, turn a little bit on you. Um, what did you guys think about, about Gabe's uh, three games? Also, I have to correct. I said Auburn earlier and I meant UConn. Mm. Um, mm. The second game. No, I can't anything new to what you added about Gabe Brown. I have a lot of hope in Gabe Brown. I, Gabe Brown knows how to talk back to Tom Izzo. That much is clear. And um, it seems like their relationship has gotten different over the past year. Yeah, I That's, think I think in, in in an improved way. I think there's more trust. I mean, there's more. Tom leans on his players. You know, he leans on his leaders to balance him out. He needs the antihero. So. Um, or maybe he is the anterior. I don't know, but th- that's that process. So it seems to me that that's kind of unfolding. Maybe that's the other piece of your point. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm excited uh, about Tyson Walker. That kid, I know he's a little bit, he's got still areas to grow in, but he's getting more comfortable. He appeared. Um, obviously the end of the Yukon game was incredibly exciting. Um, it's, it's, it's a confidence. I mean, that, that doesn't just come and, um, brand new to the program. So that's exciting. That's uh, Malik Hall. If Malik Hall can shoot consistently, you know, down the stretch, that's going to be huge. That's going to bring our offensive numbers up. Well, that would be great, but I'm worried that we've seen Malik Hall have his, one of his two Malik Halls for the, for the season. Well, but then, but you know what? At least they're happening early because if they're happening now with the few number of games and maybe it is sampling bias, but if they're happening now and they can be sustained, even if you get more Malik Hall, you know, brilliant performances on mm-hmm. balance, that's only going to be better for the team. You know, they each have got a role to play here. Well, I, I think it's at minimum worth saying that this team is, uh, is a more complete team than last year's team. For sure. Or at least more complete than I thought the team was going to be before we tipped off. And, and I think you're seeing that this, this is a team that has room to grow. And, and, and so you're, you're already, uh, your floor is higher and, um, and theoretically your ceiling is higher as well. Uh, you know, Tyson Walker, I, I, you know, I agree that it, it seems like the offense flows better through him. Um, I think he's a guy that needs to shoot the ball way more often than he is. Uh, but well, apparently his... that play that was drawn up at the end of the Loyola Chicago game was for Tyson Walker. And then he made the read. He made the read and found, uh, you know, Marcus yep. Bingham on the lob. Uh, I do need Tyson Walker's tur- assist to turnover ratio to not be one to one, though. Um, that's and and that's a thing for this team entirely. But like, man. You got to get that. You're the point. You got to get that together. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I guess let's do let's do um, let's do two goods and a and a and a not great here. 
Uh, do we want to start with the not great or do we want to do the goods? We've kind of done some goods. Um, Ooh, so let me go first with the not greats. Let me go first with the not greats. Okay. Joey Hauser! <laughs> uh, anyway, this is the all-time easiest not great. I mean, Good technically God. Max Christie didn't play great either, but yes, it's Joey Hauser. Yeah, he has more upside potential, though. Joey Hauser, I hope his mom's listening, is a stain. He's a blot. He's a... Uh, He's a, okay. he's a virus. Uh, I'd I'd prefer to get coronavirus than have him on the team. Jesus. That was pretty strong, but I might need it. I don't actually know. I need to think about that for a little bit. I'm, I'm actually I'm exploring this yeah. uh, right now. Trade <laughs> no, so, Greg, you and I were talking about this. That uh, it seems that Joey Hauser has lost so much confidence that teams now are daring him to shoot. I think so because I, because they think that might screw with his head more. Truly, I think teams are purposefully giving him space at the three point line, um, and I I would too. If I were scouting MSU, I would also dare Joey Hauser to beat me because, good God, it's just not going. to... I mean, he's shooting what like twenty seven percent right now, something like that. Yeah, uh, for three. Um, now, fortunately. He is putting it together a little bit in the paint. Um, he's been really efficient in the shots that he has chosen to take from two. Um, so uh, I'm just saying, man, I'm just saying he he doesn't attempt a lot from from inside the paint. But when he does, you know, whether they're on putbacks or he's had a couple little little moves that he's done, I I have been appreciative of those and the rebounding is not as all-time awful as it has been in years past um than than last year his rebounding i think is is better than last year so he's contributing in the minutes that he's playing and he is he's playing a lot of minutes yeah it, right it, they're now. they're inexplicable minutes too i mean let's let's be explicit about this it, against baylor he played 25 minutes he had six points he got four boards, so there, there's your comment, I guess, about rebounds. Um, but he shot 25% from the field, so I don't know what you're talking about with putting up two. He put up three yeah. of them! Yeah, Joey Hauser went four for 14 through the tournament. He right? missed every three-pointer he attempted. I'm not talking about threes. I'm talking about his shot attempts from two. But, but, yeah, but yeah, you yeah, only gra- score gra- six? What's no, the no, percentage gra- of gra- success? Gra- no, Greg, he went four for 14 in total. So I appreciate you. That's not threes. That's total. I don't know what his mom is paying you to be kind to him on this podcast. I'm not being kind to him. I'm also criticizing him. No, it, I will enough. say something nice about, I, hold on. Joey Hauser's defense has improved over last year. Oh my God. That, that's, that is, he, he was, he was a, a, I don't know what they're doing to hide him. But he was a liability last year, and that does not seem to as much be the case this year. Um, so uh, let's say some nice things then, because I want to talk about two other players. All right, well, you go. Uh, uh, one that we can spend less time on, but uh, Jade Nakins. Yeah. I, look, I don't think he's... I, I think there are going to be a couple games this season where he ends up being a, a true difference maker. But that's not why I want to talk about him. I just want to talk about that 
you you watch him play and you see it, right? Like you you see what he will and could be, uh, and it's it, and it's not uh, it's not fake. Like it's not it's not a flash that just you know dissipates. It, it's all he's electric when he's on the court. Agree? Disagree? Anyone? Agree. No, uh, uh, very encouraged by what we've seen from Aikens. Um, there were times in the second half of that Baylor game where I thought maybe he was the only one playing. Uh, and yet, what what was his, uh, his... He had 18 minutes, went six for nine from the field, uh, three <laughs> rebounds, two turnovers, All right. and a steal. Uh, Still. So, not a bad game. Still. Uh, what, what else do you want to do with your other nice thing? You want to talk about Marcus Bingham? Bingham? Yeah. He's, I, I mean, mean, yes, go for it. I'm here for him. Uh, defensively, I, like, I don't know what to even begin to say about Marcus Bingham. Uh, set a, I believe, an MSU record, uh, or at least it's his personal record with at Loyola Chicago with seven blocks in that game and two steals. Um, the uh i mean he didn't he did less in the next game but i mean he's just not spacing out in the way that we've seen marcus bingham and and as a result all that talent that we thought he might have we're seeing it with incredible efficiency on the defensive end it's a big deal yep yeah coming alive he's got a great jump hook just gonna say it love him yeah uh, he needs to work on his left hand. Uh, I think that's going to be the the scouting report's going to come in hard on Marcus Bingham and his left hand. But uh, even even still, just being a plus on the defensive end, I think is going to be. I mean, if this Ken Palm rating ends up being true, you know, like if the defense truly is at that level, that's going to keep us in a lot more games than I think any of us thought we were going to. And get. it looks really good against Baylor. This defense. It, yeah, it looks less good in the second half, but in the first half in particular, it looks really good. Yeah, I'm trying to see if, I mean, uh, yeah, they held him to 50% field goals in the first half and 48.4 in the second. Um, and not bad. Um, anyway, uh, anything else you guys want to say about the hoops team? Nope, we're good. Perfect, nailed it. Nailed it. Love that. We're going to be talking uh, plenty of hoops over the next several months. Plenty of so. hoops. Yeah. And uh, while it may be bowl watch season, uh, it it it's kind of it was nice watching that much that much sport. I think in a week. Yeah. And so I'm I'm excited for hoops. Yeah. Um, let's head off Grand River for a minute, gents, because it is coaching carousel season, and uh, we hear that the Gators hired Billy Napier uh, from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Which everyone shouting, I think everyone who who was like, "Hey, what's a high quality coach that would be great for LSU?" I think anyone who wasn't LSU was shouting, "For the love of God, look at Billy Napier!" And uh, now that everyone else is locked up a long term contract, LSU doesn't have anybody. It's kind of hilarious. It's going to be really. I don't think John L. Smith has a spot right now. Right? <laughs> hey, I don't think they can afford John L. Man. He's got all that, you know, Louisville condominium money. So <laughs> he's just sitting on that. He's got all that rental, rental property money. Yeah. He's, yeah. Um, so that's a, a, a Florida filling its role. That's a big hire. And I, did they, did they do that in less than a week? They did it fast. I, that's, it, is it less than a week? 
I thought they fired Dan Mullen last week. Uh, I mean, time has yeah. no meaning anymore. So yeah, that's fair. I, I don't truly know what what anything is. Um, I mean, it's definitely true that LSU has just sort of let the world pass it by at this yeah, point. They really screw the pooch on uh, not firing, just like firing Ogeron and making a hire. Yeah. Um, but other news, big news today, Lincoln Riley, head coach of Oklahoma, uh, says, uh, the SEC is too scary and I want to continue to have an unobstructed, uh, path to the playoffs. I'm going to take my talent to USC. Um, which we on this podcast, and this is not the consensus view. We had always quietly wondered if USC is the best job of all of those that are available. Anyone who's saying it's not, I think, is insane. People that are like, LSU is the clear job. I'm like, are you sure? Like, yeah, I guess they had some success, but I don't know, man. Like, that USC job is so cush. How in the world that USC job has not worked out for anyone since Pete Carroll? I don't With as much talent as is in California. Exactly. Like, how do you like and, and and it sounds like Lincoln Riley had a ton of commits to Oklahoma from California that are all in the process of decommitting right now. Yeah, they're all just going to move right. They're around. all right in the notes app. Just like <laughs> hashtag all glory to God. Oh God. I want to thank my parents, my coaches. I want to thank the staff at Oklahoma that's no longer there. Please respect oh my, my decision. No interviews. Snort. Uh, Tim Cook face. really should consider getting rid of the notes app simply for this reason. I really can't stomach the misspellings <laughs> of these student athletes as they <laughs> and their batteries at twenty four percent. Deepest innermost thoughts. They're just like non, no uppercase, no punctuation. Just my goodness. Uh, so I, I don't know it, this. I think Lincoln Riley to USC is the biggest hire uh, of of the season, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, we'll see. There's no reason for me to suspect if you can get it done at Oklahoma. I don't know how you don't get it done at USC. I mean, Oklahoma is a successful program over the sure. years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you got to convince people to go to Oklahoma. Yeah. So yeah. it. I mean, there's clearly something to it because USC has just been wandering around. I mean, I think that's a program that's like post winning, like. Like they're just like, oh yeah, we have a football team and it's got all this yeah. history, but like, you know, who cares? Who cares? Who, cares? who needs it? Like they have great uniforms too. Jason remarked to me because we were watching Bedlam uh, last night, and he asked, he's like, how does Oklahoma have two big programs in it? And I thought that was a good question. I mean, from the casual football observer, you know, I mean, there's really little else to do in the state of Oklahoma than I guess play football. Texas um, recruiting is, but, is yeah, really te- Texas, Texas recruiting. recruiting. Yeah. yeah, all right. Well, then that'll do it. Um, I, yeah. I, and also, go ahead. T Boone Pickens money. Oh God, is another it, answer. Yeah, he. Yeah, that that's it. Oklahoma State sponsored by T Boone Pickens. Although, frankly, I mean, man, Espia, thank you. Slash Dan Gilbert slash Steve Saint Andre or whatever. A new one and, and whoever and then Saint, twelve yeah. others. And Peter and Mrs. The Wife Sekia. Well, um, not anymore. Mrs. The Wife. No. <laughs> Can we strike that? That one shouldn't stay in, I don't think. No, it's Listen, staying. I want to just say briefly, because, you know, I, as and I just feel like I need to be honest, because it's 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 helpful to be honest, always. I Speak have, truth. I routinely 
defended officiating on this podcast, much to the oh, consternation boy. of my co-hosts. And this is not in the outline. Uh, it's not, not in the line, but I'm still going to I'm going to take my listeners. We, we thought we gave him the space for this before we hit record. I'm going to keep it short. I'm just going to say the officiating between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State was so bad that I have to assume that those Big 12 officials are realizing that they're not going to have jobs in a few years when the Big 12 I like this theory, though. And they screwed Oklahoma every way they could. And there are some humdingers. So, again, referees don't lose football games for teams. That was a close game. It would have been closer yet if the referees had allowed there to be a couple more opportunities for Oklahoma, which they did not. And I have to think that's a big FU to the entire OU program. So that's honestly, I, I, but I, I support that theory and I support it if it's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if uh, anyone deserves to be screwed by the refs, it is Oklahoma. True. Hey, I'm not going to argue that. Texas, Texas, big, another yeah, program that, yeah. that doesn't so Texas will find anymore. a way to do it themselves. Uh, yeah, and Texas is uh, losing recruits now. Yeah. Oh, eyes emoji. Uh, all right. Let's do uh, let's do a quick preview because we got a couple basketball games. Um, we have one on Louisville uh, or one with Louisville on Wednesday, and then we have one against Toledo on Saturday. And I'll just take care of the Toledo preview right now. They're Ken Palm one twenty one uh, fifteen offense and two forty six in defense. So that's your preview for Toledo. Wreck. Talk to me about Louisville. Louisville. Louisville's an actual team. Uh, so they're, they're much better on defense. It's going to be a bit of a defensive matchup, uh, this week on Wednesday between these two teams, but, um, they've already got some wins. They already beat Maryland. They beat Maryland over the weekend. Um, they've got Navy as well. Um, but at the same time, they, they lost to a Furman team. Apparently Mm. I didn't watch that game, but (laughs) it, they lost, to Furman, of Which course, was the uh, you may remember in football was the uh, the get right game for Nebraska after losing to Illinois in mm. week zero. Week one for them was Furman. The thing is, if uh, you knew anything about this Louisville team from last year, uh, cast it from your mind because it's nine new dudes on that team. There are 11 scholarship players. Nine of them are new <laughs> dudes. So uh, I think they have 19 people on their team somehow. Well, I good for them. Good for them. Um, so they're probably just still sort of like figuring it out a little bit. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised on a basketball team defense comes, you know, college basketball team. They can figure out the defense first and the offense. But um, it's it should be a good game. Uh, formidable team. And uh, I think this do we have a line on this? Do we know what it is? I do not, but I do know if you guys are looking, if you folks are looking for uh, names to be on the watch out for, uh, Noah Noah Locke is a transfer out of Florida, I think. Yeah, um, who shot forty percent from the behind the arc last year, uh, and is averaging thirteen points a game so far. So uh, that's the sharpshooter. And then Malik Williams is a uh, a big who uh, did had an injury last year. Um, who has got eight points on the season. He turns the ball over a lot, though. Holy. Anyway, uh, but averaging nearly 10 boards a game. So and eight points, 10 boards. That's uh, that's that's not what you want. And for some reason, I'm failing to find the odds for this game. That's fine. We're not gamblers. So, uh, But I would, I would like, expect MSU by like five or something like that. Five. Yeah, it is at home, so. Six. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Um, 
that uh, is that a good preview? Did we yeah, we did it. Good? We nailed it. What yeah, are you going to preview about a team that's got five nine new dudes? Honestly, it feels like that's uh, what people should have said when they tried to preview Michigan State this year in in football, and instead just said things out of their ass. This podcast did try to to take that general approach. Um, in fairness to ourselves, we should give ourselves credit. I, I give myself a lot of pats on the back for how we covered this football team um, in, in the preseason. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's yeah. go to Twitter questions. You guys down? Let's go. Let's go. Let's start right. with Lynn. Yeah. Lynn, who I missed last week. And uh, Lynn, really sincerely, thank you for the kind words. Um, the uh, first question is, is the Land Grant Trophy beautiful or ugly? Can it be both, Lynn? Like... <laughs> I'd like to think that in spite of all my slenderiness, someone somewhere finds me to be at least marginally attractive. It's not true. And I've talked to, uh, I've, I've talked to Zill about this. You've done a full census of I the know. human race. And there is I a, con- I have. there was one, I mean, <laughs> that, you, had one, you had one guaranteed and even she was really, <laughs> and even that. On. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, she was unclear on it. So it's his money, really, is what this is about. But I, I think it's beautiful. I, it's beautiful in its practicality. And isn't that what a land-grant institution is supposed to be? Mm. I, I did love the MSU Surplus store uh, <sighs> tweeting out so that good. they had things that make oh, your own land-grant trophy. I was so like, that good. is perfect. Uh, uh, next up, Joe Ashworth. Uh, also, actually, Lynn, sorry. We were talking, before, I think it was before we were recording, right? That the... Um, that all the other trophies, if you really look at them in the in the Big Ten, are just like things that were lying around a hundred years ago. What are, you, what are you trying to say about the two bits and broken chair or whatever it is <laughs> trophy that <laughs> Fopolini made up and yeah. is now sort of actually part of the lore uh, of Minnesota? Yeah, like we have an old brass spittoon. There's a brown jug. Uh, what is it? The uh, there's the an old bucket. oaken bucket. Yeah, like I mean, like is is there a janitor's mop somewhere? Like it's just, so it's fine. It's just, you know, it's, uh, it was made in the nineties or whatever. Um, anyway, Joe Ashworth next, uh, asks more likely to go to a final four in 2022, 23 football or basketball. I like this question. I'm going to go. The answer is basketball, it's, right? Yeah. You've got to uh, go with the data supports it. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's sort of a coward's way out. Joe's not going to be, you know, you know, taken aback by this answer. Um, Plum, you want to go, you want to make a case for football or is it just clearly basketball? I think it's clearly basketball. Yeah. Not that football is impossible though. The, I mean, we'll see who comes back, right? That's I think question number one, you got Peyton Thorne improving and uh, you know, it, it, Mel Tucker has shown that he's happy to get people out of the transfer portal who will net benefit the team immediately. So uh, you never know but it's basketball uh, thinking relative to the last couple of years. Does the success we had this season make you more or less likely to closely follow recruiting and transfer portal news between now and spring football? Joe, we host a podcast. <laughs> and also um, I think um, I think our listener numbers clearly indicate that success generates interest. <laughs> so uh, I think, more then, people are going to be interested in these types of topics uh, than they were this time last year. We'll say that. Yeah, you know what's interesting is listener numbers 
post getting smacked around by Ohio State and leading into Thanksgiving. It's a real, real <laughs> delight. Uh, next from Joe and last from Joe, assuming nothing too crazy happens with the playoff rankings and championship week, who would you most want to see this MSU team face in a bowl? Watching Bedlam, I can't help but think a Michigan State-Oklahoma State matchup could be a blast. Alex Plum, this feels right for you. Uh, I I don't know about that. We were talking about this earlier. We were just talking about how do I root for Michigan? Do I root for Iowa? If I root for Iowa and then Iowa wins. We've got questions about this uh, later on. Okay, I don't know. I, it, I will say Michigan State-Oklahoma State would be a fantastic game to watch. They're a good team. They're a very good team, and they beat a very able Oklahoma uh, team so it would be a fantastic game to watch we would definitely have our hands full um i will say uh notre dame is a projected possible bowl opportunity mm-hmm. which means we could collect all of the trophies that are available for us to collect in this year and that would be pretty rad yeah and i hate that team yeah definitely yeah. The proper. that Cody. would be fun definitely. that would be a fun way to end the year uh and you know we can uh get justice for brian kelly's victims um Next up, Elon Bloom. How happy is UM that Purdue beat us? Uh, they got to be pretty happy, right? I, I don't know how the tiebreaker would have all oh, gone down. Oh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It goes to the fifth fifth uh, tiebreaker. Which is? Uh, points scored by opponents in the West Division. Oh, my God. <laughs> which, in case you were curious, that means Ohio State would be headed to the Big Ten Championship. Uh, and it is, I, I think collectively, we all would have said this is complete bullshit. Yeah. Oh my God. If it had gone to that, unreal. Like, well, why is it not point differential, if anything else? That's, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it does, should be that doesn't make any sense. Why, why are you rewarding, at, like, if nothing else, you're just rewarding offense well, in a disproportionate way? Yeah. In that case, when you'd be rewarding defense yeah, in defense. a disproportionate way, yeah. no, 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 because you can still throw up a ton of points. Like if you, if it, but if it were differential, then it would be it would incentivize running up the score on right. teams in the other division. Like when you go to play, I don't know, Iowa, Northwestern, Minnesota, or, or, yeah, or Purdue. Are there or, a minimum to... number of West Division or crossover division games we have to? Play? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It, in case you guys weren't clear. It's the number of points scored by, like, the teams you played in the West. In total? Yeah. That's my understanding it. Oh, not in games that you played against them in seasons, is what you're saying. Correct. Interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah, what a bananas. It's so dumb. Anyway. uh, I mean, that's why it's the fifth, right? It should be the first. Yeah, yeah, correct. Obviously. Uh, anyway, um, I think the more interesting question from Elon Bloom is: Is Mel Tucker the college football coach of the year? Should be. Uh, you're gonna hear folks out of Ann Arbor say something different. Oh my god! Y- you know, you know, I'm not wrong on that. Yeah, but they're dumb. Uh, exceedingly Mel- dumb. Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker took a team that was that that Las Vegas thought was going to win four and a half games, and they won ten. That's coach of the year material right there. Yeah, pulled, it, it evaluated talent such that he got a Heisman candidate out of the transfer portal. Like, I, I don't care home, what anyone else says. 
and 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 if your argument is for for uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh to be your coach of the year, okay, I, I guess I guess you could look to I don't know a head to head comparison. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, the real people that someone would actually consider would be like a Luke Fickle for what he's doing at Cincinnati, but he's had such momentum going in that direction. Yes, yeah. it's, it's hard to look around. And he brought the everyone back. Uh, maybe what's going on? What what's happening at East Carolina these days? I don't even know. Um, Billy Napier for getting secure in a bag, you know. Yeah, there you go, Coach Bob the- Stoops, who will be apparently guest coaching Oklahoma for the bowl game. <laughs> uh, it's that's like a celebrity host in Jeopardy. All right, uh, that's what happened though at uh, Wisconsin, right? Didn't Alvarez come down from the from the eighty? Well, that makes a little bit more sense, right? It, yeah, he's in the program. Yeah, uh, but. <laughs> I, I just find it so funny. He's like dusting off his headset. Like, all right, one last time. Uh, all right, Spartan eighteen seven seven zero is up next. Why isn't Kenneth Walker the shoe in for the Heisman Award? Two we losses. Talk about this. Yeah, I mean that's it. Yeah, two losses but, is why. Uh, but uh, I think uh, the Bama quarterback has best odds in betting. He's about to be two losses. Yeah, in another game though. Yeah, that's sure. what they'll say. Yep. Um, next, uh, both Reed and Naylor need to return next year, right? 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 Yeah, say it as loud as you can, Spartan 18770. Keep saying please, it. Please go down to the football building and write that in a... In a suggestion box. Yes, and put N- it in there. Naylor, hey, Naylor has a lot to prove. He didn't finish this season. In fact, I don't. I, I barely remember him playing for the team. I don't know that Naylor has finished a season. Well, uh, other than last year, which doesn't really count. Uh, no, I mean, I'm not. I'm not like I. He's missed every season or parts of it, so it may well be that he comes back, if for no other reason than to prove that he can stay healthy, because that is something the league will care about. Um. Uh. Last from uh, Spartan eighteen seven seven zero. Can we get rid of all those O line dead weight from the twenty sixteen twenty seventeen recruiting class for F sake? Uh, well, they're on, they are on their way out. That's the good news. Um, but yeah, there's some work to be done. Um, the truth is that things just did not work out. With well, I mean, like Matt Allen was there. That's fine. I think that really, if you were going to look at one reason why. MSU football regressed. It's the 2016 recruiting class um, that was supposed to be so fantastic and then just turned out to completely total a a program, just annihilate it. Um, So Um, happy to see that we're getting out of there. Yes. Uh, Next up is John Hey Baby, um, who asks... Basketball regular season wins plus football final AP top 25 rank prior to bowl game over under is at 32 and a half basketball is five and two with 25 more games, 24 more games. Sorry. Uh, so this what do we think we're, we're going to come out probably 10 or 11 in the AP? Uh, oh, final AP rank that came out today. And it's uh, 10, right? Uh, or is it 11? 11. 11. Okay. So, so that would be 26 wins in basketball. Um, with 24 more to go. So, But then you get the Big Ten tournament. 
That's true. But I'm going to go under on this. Oh, no, it says regular season, so I think that's not counted. So under, John. I would agree with you, but but Anthony Garbert paid me a handsome sum not to answer any. Not to participate in these types of questions. Not to the questions that aren't asked by him. So, yeah. Carl, black head coach and athletic director enjoyer, asks, more punchable face. James Franklin or Fran McCaffrey? Oh, that's a great question. It is. is. Why aren't we ranking the questions anymore? Oh. (laughs) I trust me. There will be a time for that. There's a reason we're not doing it I think it's Fran McCaffrey. It's for sure Fran McCaffrey. I'd like to take one of his loafers off of him and then beat him to death with it. (laughs) That's what I'd like to do. I mean, these are two loathsome creatures. <laughs> James Franklin, and Fran James Franklin is like, I like. I mean, he's just such a whiny little. Yeah. yeah. Are are we? I mean, the consensus is that we're happy to have him at Penn State for the. He's term, he's right? exactly where he should be. Right. It's it's sort of you know, you want those coaches that are successful and give you repute as a as a, a division but are not actually any good. And you got to, you got to give him credit. He's recruiting on paper, his ass off, but the results are just not going to be there as a, you know, on the other side of that. So it's great. You know, if those guys are going to go somewhere, at least they're not going to like Ohio state or something like that, where they can just continue to annihilate MSU. I, uh, I was asked on, uh, on Saturday, how I was feeling in the fourth quarter. And I said, all the reasons that I was concerned. And I said, but, James Franklin is coaching and it's a close game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Are, do we buy that whole icing your own kicker? <laughs> what? what? Did, did he answer for that crime? I'm, I'm, I don't know. I thought All we right. did it. And imagine my surprise. Imagine my He's surprise. The, the dumbest coach. All right. Uh, uh, last from Carl. Did Mark D'Antonio's program break Jordan Lewis in a way that therapy can't address? <laughs> Wait, who's Jer- Jordan? That's. He was a Michigan, yeah, right. Who just has been tweeting through it all? I mean, he went one and seven against Michigan State. So one and um, seven? How? Or uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I think I saw one and seven, and I think I just spit that. Out. I think one and four is probably what I meant to say. But he was a uh, he was a defensive back at Michigan, right? Yes. Yep. So what is going on? Uh, a lot of talking smack, I believe, is is what's happening in the in the Twitter timeline. Oh, um, great. And uh, and so this is just another one of those uh, Michigan alums who who cannot not talk. What a strange time to talk smack! Like one, yeah, your like team has given you something to be glad about for the first time in your lifetime, basically. Legitimately, um, two, um, our team beat your team, and three, our team is ten and two. What are you talking yeah. smack about? Yeah, you guys have lost one less game, and it was that one loss was to us. I, I just, it's it's truly baffling. But congrats to Michigan. Um, next up, Taylor Anderson. After a ten win season in year two, what's the projection for next year? I think losing K nine and others, plus our sketchy bend but don't break defense, means we should aim for about seven to eight wins. Fair, or am I just a downer? I I think eight. Eight, nine is probably where we'll end up. Now, do tune in over the summer when we talk about this every week, but. And I predict us to go undefeated. 
Mm. Uh, well, that would mean that Plum was around for summer podcasts. Whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Taylor, talk to me uh, middle of January. Like, let's see who's who's yeah. plucked out of the portal. Yeah, we got to see how this all nets out. Yeah. Um, next from Taylor, what's your ideal bowl matchup? Um, I think I'm Fiesta Bowl with Notre Dame. Uh, that was second half. That, yeah. Uh, it, I you, my personal I, I I know that these bowl games are supposed to just be this like bonus game and have fun. I and that is actually how I feel this year. I I don't particularly care who, where, or what the game is. Um, I just want it to be a good game and I want to win. I want this to be an eleven win uh, team. So, so I mean, I think you would agree that you you'd like us to get. I don't want to be, feel like we're being somehow looked over sure. in some way. Like, I, I mean, I don't need Bama. Don't want Bama. No. Like, I want to be very clear about those things. But we earned our 10 wins. And yep. I want it to not feel like we just kept getting pushed back because we're Michigan State. I don't so. feel that way now. And yeah, we'll talk. But yeah, that's how I am on bowl games right now, Taylor. Uh, next up from Taylor Anderson, Plum. Uh, no question on this one. Oh, right. Uh, sorry, Plum. This is for the group. Uh, <laughs> still thinking of some just an appreciation post for the team not giving in today when it felt like the deck was stacked against them with flu slash injuries. Proud of these guys. Yes, completely agree. Taylor yep. Anderson. Huge, huge gut gut win. Um, and very sorry. likely there was no flu. You know, I think that was just a bad take. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, um, go ahead. No, there was. Sure. Who knows? There was, I yeah. Mean, uh, people that tweet facts are are always in control of them. So, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, 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 what the Thorn said he had the flu and Canine had the flu. Well, they were on uh, IVs. They shouldn't have been playing then. Well, look, uh, COVID's fake. It's all a hoax. Oh Let's God. just move on. One would think. One would think. It's just the, the man. The singular defining health event of the epoch. Of of living memory of anything we will experience would have taught us one thing. It was that when you're sick, you should rest. But you know what? No. Who the hell am I? Hey, this is major. They won the game. They won the game, and we're glad. Uh, So redeem yourself, Plum, with this question: favorite non U of M win this season? Mine is probably Nebraska, oddly enough, because historically we blow those games. But now Nebraska blows those games. (laughs) Nebraska, Nebraska's. Plum, favorite win of the season. Oh, yeah. Beating Scott Frost did feel really good. Oh, felt really good. I Indiana, we came back from behind on Indiana. I liked, I liked the Indiana win. The Indiana win felt good. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, there are so many good ones. Uh, I would point at Miami, maybe. Yeah. Because that really, that set the tone for this season. Yeah. In so many ways. Yeah. Yeah, it did. No, no, I, it did. Yeah. I will say this, this. I know there's there's probably plenty of recency bias, but that that game that we just saw this week was awesome. Yeah, it was a great game. I this is this will go in my my personal pantheon of of Spartan Stadium games. Um, and yeah, and I'm jealous that you got to be there because there, I mean, there, half the reason I I have some thing for that dumb lost in Notre Dame was braving the out like being in the the crap weather. Um, so this was not crap that. weather. I want to point this out. Uh, if crap you... weather to play in, I'm sorry. Okay. Is a, is a but better way to I, I also, 
I'm not sure that it's crap weather to play in. I think it was might have been fun um, to play in, you know, sloshing around a little bit, get something a little different. As long as long yeah, as I'm sure you with got the flu the and a tweaked ankle, it's probably a great time. All right. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> next up uh, from the real Mike Jones. Mike Jones, the better. <laughs> Uh, at Plum Alex, uh, since you're such a big fan of his, please tell me how Joey Hauser gets it together and helps lead this team to Final Four. I'll tell you exactly how he gets it together. He breaks his ankle, <laughs> severs the damn thing, I, loses the foot. That's how he gets it together. Some serious tragedy wherein he is lost and the team gels around the loss. He can no longer hurt us on the court but his loss is enough to keep the team together and put us through. That is how Joey Hauser helps. <laughs> really rallies the troops. Yep. What's the TV trope for like a female character that's only there to progress the, uh, you know, the, the protagonist, the male protagonist that that's what Joe, Joey Hauser needs to be for this team. Why do you get to gender this man? Oh boy. Uh, it's a TV trope. <laughs> Society has gendered it. Plum. Come on now. Back me up here. Uh, next, Mike Jones. Why? What's this word, Greg? I've never heard this word before. Can you sign it out for me? Why the F are you trying to run a reverse in a blizzard? Even if that doesn't get blown up immediately, it's not like anyone has footing to turn up the field on that. Oh, see, this is Mike. This is what happens when you put your questions in two different paragraphs. He was asking about Jay Johnson. He says that Jay seemingly called a good game but he ultimately give him a c plus what say you um i think this is a fair time to say that uh billy napier getting promoted out of uh louisiana folks uh jay johnson's probably going to find himself on the short list for that job oh really has he got yeah. louisiana ties uh oc there for somewhere between three and five years Interesting. Um, and obviously put together an exciting offense this year at michigan state so mm-hmm. Um, I would not be surprised if he gets a look. And Louisiana is the size of school that they're going to look at a coach of Jay Johnson's tenure. Interesting. Um, so, uh, I, Mike, I don't know what to say. They scored 30 points in a blizzard, or a lot, not blizzard, but a lot of snow. Um, I, I, I'm fine with his play calling. Yeah, I mean... It... <laughs> I know with Spartan fans that we've been uh, burned by this play uh, so many times. I'm trying to remove myself from that. You know, it's not like they attempted it again afterwards. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Honestly, and the only trick plays that he's stuck to for the most part have been the flea flickers. And, and they have been four for five. Glorious. Yeah. Glorious. Finally, from the better Mike Jones, uh, why aren't Michigan fans giving us more credit for their win today? We wore that <laughs> that OSU offense last weekend by letting them run circles around our D. The lack of thanks on Thanksgiving weekend is insulting. They're still missing Paul. It's true. Uh, I didn't get to watch a lot of that game, but it seems like not the same Ohio State team that we played at all. Maybe a flu. Would have been nice if they'd left some in the tank. Uh, yeah from from the previous week um save some some of those 49 points for the next week what's fun is that before that game i said you know if michigan wins i'll give them credit for it and now here i am i will not i will not give them any credit this is not simply not going to happen i i did see from some folks who are are michigan people who are very smart football people um that it, it appeared that michigan was largely trying to execute the game plan that 
that MSU had. Like, it's just they're less hurt and they have more depth. Next up from Garv, number one. How many years does Tucker stick around for his contract? Is it the full 10? So this is an element that we didn't talk about with his contract is that it is his buyout has not been um, extended at all. The buyout remains what it was before, which is relatively low, especially in the uh, given the size of the contract. However, it's full uh, guaranteed money over the course of that 10 years, which if you look at the contract in terms of risk and we get back to the fact that Tucker has been uh, fired before from jobs, he's had turnover, those types of things. This might be something that he's looking at in particular of if you're taking another job somewhere else in two years, are you going to get eight years guaranteed at 10 mil or something like that? Um, so that would be the, the, the real question is what other teams are going to guarantee you the longevity that this MSU contract guarantees you. Um, so the question then to the two of you, given that context is, do you think he runs the full 10? Do you think he bails? Speculate. I, I just, I think that's such a, well, what happens between now and uh, four years from now? You know, is he is he at a a nine to eleven win clip for a couple of those years? Like, I mean, given this the the outlay of money mm-hmm. and where he is in in generally building a program, right? Yep. That. It's not that long before if he actually starts sustaining this success, presumably uh, hits Indy a time or two, that um, we're going to be back in extension talks again. Yeah, I think this contract gets revisited. If he has success, it gets revisited in like four years. Something yeah, like I mean, and if he has uh, if if he has success quick, you know, if if he's in Indy two years from now. And then the year after that, again, like, I bet you we're talking sooner than this. Yeah. So what was it that D'Antonio had effectively like a five year recurring, like constantly yeah. rolling? Uh, the Izzo deal. He had the Izzo deal. Yeah. So. Um, so uh, does he stick around for the full 10? Uh, well, the I think the implication of the question is, is that Tucker's that it's Tucker's choice. Based on what we found out today. So long as Michigan State continues to make the commitment to a winning culture, yes, I think is the answer. So. Next up from Garv, Plum, if you had $95 million to drop, what would you spend it on? Garvard adds that he'd personally pour it all into ensuring we never see this year's secondary again. <laughs> no, new kicker. All, just kickers. Kickers, just kickers, only kickers. Point after try kickers, kickoff kickers, hunters, field goal kickers. That's it. $95 million. kickers there we are there so there are some programs that don't even use scholarships on kickers but we'll never miss another point after not again well uh, and, and we should also say matt coughlin never missed a point after until that trifling no. wench came into the picture. wait did, did he miss it he, yeah he missed an uh, extra yep. point in this game i thought it was the other guy no, it wasn't this week i thought it was last wasn't it last? No, no, no. Matt Coughlin, I think, is still. He did. He went two from... for two. It was Max or Martin or Marvy yeah. or something. Ah, uh, well, Kevin... when you're there, you just assume that they're all Matt Coughlin. No, 
No, uh, Matt Coughlin's still 100% from uh, Extra Point Land. So uh, give, you give him the 95. The field afterward. Uh, uh, last up from Garvert, prop bet of the week. Years before we beat OSU versus Keon Coleman TDs in 2022, uh, over-under is three and a half for each. Over on TDs. Way over. Way over on TDs, under on OSU. Oh. There you go. Yep. There you go. Yep, 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 yep. Um, <laughs> the, next up. That's the that's the green uh that's the green Kool-Aid interpretation, Garv. Um next up from Nate C Jonesy, Iowa versus U of M. Um uh, from Nate C, pardon me if I didn't say that. Iowa versus U of M. Might as well talk about it. Uh best if we all get through it together. Um do we I, care? I mean, I I don't care. But I I I I will say this. This doesn't feel like the the banner game for for the for the league for the big time. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I mean whatever. Whatever. It'll be fun if U of M loses this because you know they're already printing University of Michigan college football playoff t-shirts down there. So, um Iowa is a team that can get you, but it's also a very flawed team. So I don't know how Iowa only came out or managed to get to 10 and two. So um, the West is comical. I, who who cares? I like, uh, but I assume it will be a punt fest and not fun. Like I I assume you'll get to watch some ugly football and that'll be great for our brand. God bless a big 10 punt fest. You know what? Maybe what we can do, what we can do for our friends at U of M is give, a list of our recommendations, you know, having been to Indianapolis three times now, we know the lay of the land pretty well. I've been down there a few times myself. Maybe we can give some recommendations of nice places to go, some sites to see that type you of know thing. What? Remind me when we, when we, when we tweet out the show, remind mm-hmm. me, this would be a good, uh, good bit in the thread. Just, just get people to tack on their recommendation mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I love this idea. This is happening. All right. Next up from Nate C OSU hedging bets and making it. So U of M keeps Harbaugh. You didn't have to do this. Ohio state. They were clearly going to keep him. Even if, uh, you beat him a thousand times. Um, so that was a tactical error on their, on their part. If indeed, uh, Uh, last from Nate C. So is this how U of M feels every other year when it finishes third plum? I, mm, it's not the same. I don't think it's so. Yeah, close. I don't think so. I hope not. I don't know. Nate it's all about expectations, Nate C. I, and our team exceeded them this year, and I'm happy about it. We were ahead of schedule. Uh, Tucker's laid down the plan and executed on the plan. Yeah, I, I think U of M, the reason they feel the way they feel so often is because their expectations are so inflated, they're let down. We're sitting fat and sassy because no one expected to be here. It really is a matter of perspective. I, this this yeah. finishing third to me feels fantastic. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how where we sort of mentally come out preseason next year. Yeah. Like, what what do we think fun looks like? Uh, next up, CTNTC. Would you rather Michigan goes to the playoffs and you go to a near six bowl, or Michigan goes to a near six bowl and you go to Florida, probably Citrus, maybe Outback? Greg, this to you. I don't think these are exclusive. Uh, I might be wrong about that, but I, I guess maybe it is if. Iowa then jumps up as a result. I don't know. I haven't looked at all the potential outcomes. Um, as we've already said, CT, I appreciate the question. Uh, 
you know, you come here in good times and in bad, but, uh, I, I don't really have strong feelings about the bowls this year. And I also don't think this new year six bowl phenomenon really means anything really to anyone. Is anyone other than like people that are really into football, like, ah, you didn't even get that New York six ball. I think, I think it's eyeballs. I think that's what it is. It's a day that people watch football. Sure. There's so many of these games though. Like citrus is still on the first, right? When do they play the citrus bowl? I don't know. That's a good question. It's been a long time since MSU has been in Florida for a bowl game, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I selfishly want Arizona just in the off, the like super remote chance that I get to go see my folks. But yeah. When's uh, the last time MSU had a Florida bowl game? The the most recent one was pinstripe, right? Was, was it Georgia? It wasn't Georgia, was it? No. Do we play Alabama in not in obviously the playoff, but um... that was in Arlington. That was that was Cotton Bowl. Oh, OK. We did no, play. No. We did play Alabama in Florida, like in two, 2010. There was the Julio Jones year. Jeez. All right, uh, we've gone long enough. Yeah. Uh, how does uh, how does a team? All right, this last from or second to last from CTNTC. How does a team with no shooters successfully get the ball regularly to their All American post player asking for a friend? I'm guessing uh, this is in reference to the other two loss. Uh, college basketball team in the state of Michigan um, that I have watched nothing on this year. I'm sorry, TC. I have not watched a single Michigan Wolverines basketball game to date uh, uh, this season. Um, But it sounds like there's some frustration coming through. (laughs) Yeah, there's that. uh, What was it? Seton Hall and Arizona. Well, Arizona's ranked now. Because it's such a big win. You know, uh, and, and finally from CT and TC, uh, who apparently is, you know, a much better crossover fan than I am. Uh, Bingham is showing himself to be a premier defender in the country. The defensive stats last year were also fantastic. Why did he only play 12 minutes a game last year? Now this has been off debated, uh, especially given Bingham's, uh, you know, kind of coming out season here, uh, on the board. His propensity to shoot the three. Yeah. it, he would do things that would make Izzo bench him. That's the the truth of it. Is and what's worse is that they weren't unexpected things, right? Like he knew that it was a trigger for him to shoot a three. Yeah, and so it's not that at that point in time, it's not him shooting the three that's the problem. It's that him shooting the three when he knew Izzo didn't want him to shoot the three is the problem. I'll also point out that some of those defensive stack stats are because he didn't get put in situations where he would probably have done poorly you know there were other options as it was doing other things on on really good bigs in the big 10 last season so um yeah that's yeah that's it, right so that that there is some sample bias there as well um in the minutes that he was playing so um we're happy Kobe. though yeah we're, we're happy though with the way the bingham's come across or come along this year and um we'll see how he does in the big 10 um, next up from the upper deck jerk guy is the lack of the big 10 championship for football next year, a step backward plum. I, I don't, I don't think so. I didn't realize, I mean, act. is this a thing? Did I miss something? No, no, he's, he's making a joke that oh. it effectively doesn't exist. Right. No. 
That's the joke. <laughs> what? What Big Ten championship? Yeah, huh? I didn't get the joke. When the joke has to be explained to me, um, I guess it's funny for everyone else. So I enjoyed it. Jonesy and I were we're we're having a laugh. You guys are you guys like texting each other? Real cackle. Yeah. Yep. All right. Good, um, good and the next the next two from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy we've kind of already covered. Uh, mm-hmm. First was New York Six New York Six Bowl game. I mean, we've covered that in several different ways. And uh, the next was. Uh, what about Gabe's performance? Battle for Atlantis. We love him. We got in front of it. it. We got in front of it. <laughs> so um, Upper Deck Jerk Guy, if you jumped ahead, I'm sorry, but you got to go back and listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for your loss. We hey, called it out. That's right. That's right. Uh, next up, John Hubbard. What was your favorite non-MSU related part of Thanksgiving? Plum, I'll go to you. Um, I had two. I had my family's Thanksgiving, and then we went to Jason's on Saturday. So I think it was getting two, and a lot of puppy playtime on Saturday. Uh, mm. Their side's got two Bernese Mountain Dogs that are puppies, and they and Yali had a grand old time. Love that. Yeah. Uh, next from John Hubbard. Think back to your mindset in August and rank the following outcomes from the season from least to most likely: winning ten games. Games, having a Heisman candidate running back. <laughs> act, why do you need to say running back? Having a Heisman candidate. Actually becoming a fan of Connor Hayward. <laughs> seeing a nearly full stadium in the snow on Thanksgiving weekend. Greg, I'll go to you. Well, I, I'm going to say that uh, stadium in the snow Thanksgiving weekend is would have been the most possible. Yeah, most you know, it could have been some, sure. kind of, yeah. some kind of Thanksgiving miracle that would have taken place. Because the rest of these seemed unlikely. 10, 10 wins would be the next. Oh, really? I would have put Hayward, given where the expectations were, I would have expected that Connor Hayward becoming a key contributor would have been more likely in my mind than 10 wins. No, yeah, that's me. probably the very rational approach to things, which is not how I would have approached my relationship with Connor Hayward at the beginning of the year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair. All right. Well, either way, like, con- we're so lucky to have Connor come back. Uh, and and I, I think he's lucky to have had this staff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Heisman is last. For sure. Yeah. I mean, in our fandom, we've been, we have not been fortunate to have a lot of times where you could say X player for Heisman. I mean, it's Drew Stanton. End of list. Did they do, I thought they had a campaign for Javon Ringer. I think there was a Bell campaign as well. Mm. Um. And that one might have been a little bit closer to actually sure. where we should have been. Um, but the Kenneth Walker has definitely been the most unexpected thing. This yeah. Season. Oh, also, if he I think he, if he gets more than 158 yards in the bowl game, he will uh, move to number two for single season record. Amazing. So, um, uh, last up, John Hubbard. It's time for the pod to get involved in game day. How early do groups need to file to work a concession stand during a football game? Hashtag next season goals. What? <laughs> you know, nonprofits do like concession stands. Yeah. I think he's asking if can't read, can't write. Is it going to run a concession? The answer is no, John. That's uh, <laughs> We get involved in games by watching the games. Uh, if I was going to work some concession stand, it'd be it, like Hope Volleyball. Um, you know, certainly wouldn't there are not... certainly wouldn't be to sell melting moments ice cream sandwiches. I'll tell you that right now. Not those. The, the wares would be eaten if Plum was involved. Correct. That's very clear. Correct. Also true. Uh, next up, Mister Neurotic Pants. 
What's the chance MSU ends up playing Alabama in a bowl game? Whoever sold their soul to get Kenneth Walker, um, sell it again to Miss Alabama, please. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't. Please. I don't need another game where we deal with football robot Nick Saban has a month <laughs> to just watch every piece of MSU film and write up a perfect game plan. Well, I can't take another next. demoralizing loss like Ohio State. I mean, if that yeah. were to happen again, that would kill me. Um, next up from Mr. Neurotic Pants. Does this mean that Harbaugh's annoying self won't get fired? Someone find the photos already. I want him gone. I have no doubt that there are. I do doubt that there are photos because he's just too boring a dude to have ever done something, you know? Um, that's the wrong way of saying it. I don't know. Mm. Uh, he's never going anywhere. <laughs> it wasn't happening before. It's not happening now. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're inextric- inexplicably married to each other. Honestly, one more season and maybe he says to himself, I can move on from this. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's in a bit of a hostage situation. Uh... Last up, the Izzo show. When asked about behind the scenes, Izzo responds that what happens in his bedroom is not media business. <laughs> in an angry exchange with a U of M fan on Twitter, Izzo responds, you stuck your toe down the wrong turkey hole, burglar boy. <laughs> oh my God. Tom shows up at Tired Tucker's house with an accordion. Is this like a love actually moment at the end here? <laughs> oh, love I do love that. We didn't talk about how uh, um, uh, Draymond was talking with Tucker about um, his relationship with Izzo and, and Draymond swore, uh, but it was, it was the first like real laugh that I heard from Tucker and that felt great. I just want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leaf is our last questioner. I like how you Comparing... called out that Draymond swore, by the way. Like, there was a there was a potty word. I mean, I didn't want to say the word. Ah. Uh, Maple Leaf. Comparing Thanksgiving dishes to MSU football players, who's your turkey, the leader of the meal, the one you can't do without? Who is your stuffing, the one you've invested time and ingredients into? Who's your pumpkin pie placed front and sentry, but it's still dessert? Santra. 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 Uh, all right. Um, we could just do this. Canine. Yeah, yeah. We could just do this with offensive uh, skill players. <laughs> yeah, uh, make it easy. I mean, the stuffing is Hayward. Maybe. The- well, he's been he's been getting into it. If you know what I've you've in, you've yeah? invested time yeah? and ingredients into him. Yes. Uh, and who's uh, uh, your your pumpkin pie? It's Reed. It's clearly Reed. Yeah. Um. Next, uh, comparing Thanksgiving dishes to MSU basketball players. Who's your <laughs> turkey? Yeah, same question, but for basketball. This is actually a great segment, Fishing. <laughs> yeah, I do. yeah, I'm not upset about it. Uh, well, and then well, last question is, who's the cranberry out of a can? Oh. Uh, so, uh, who's our turkey? Uh, Gotta be Gabe Brown. I still think it's Max Christie. You think so? No. The leader? He's not the leader of the meal yet. Gabe, you fool. The one you can't do without? I, <laughs> no. Right. This team it's can't fine. do without Gabe it's right Gabe now. Gabe Brown, yeah. Right now, sure. But okay. catch me at the end of the season. Okay. Uh, who's your stuffing then? Uh, could be Bingham. That's Bingham. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be Bingham. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Especially because he's doing all that stuffing right now, you guys. Ah, those blocks. Uh, yeah, I got it. Uh, is pumpkin pie... 
That might be Jay Max Christie. No, that's Max Christie. Yeah, that might be right. Max Christie. All right. Uh, last from a Maple Leaf. The game yesterday got so snowing that the ABC broadcast couldn't use the yellow first downline marker. I didn't realize that. That's, that's funny. Well, you weren't watching on TV. That's just simply unacceptable. Why didn't the Grooch get up <laughs> and clean off the field so that my viewing experience would be enhanced to its normal techno miracle that it is? I could have got out there with the yellow paint, Mamapa Leaf. Mm-hmm. Just cut out the middle. Every, eventually, just, every the, the field's just covered in yellow. That's right. <laughs> Painted on there. Which every one time. are we running to? It was fun seeing every time out, you know, the guys with the leaf blowers going out there and blowing off all of the, you know, they start with the goal line every time. Obviously, even when the play is on the complete opposite side, goal line is the first thing you do. And then you do as many of the other lines as you can. You do the hash markers, et cetera. Um, Fantastic. Like, this is a great opportunity for me to talk about how amazing if you, you know, had the equipment. and you weren't cold, chilled to the bone. Amazing atmosphere at that game last night. Uh, um, incredible. Great program. Great program win. Fantastic place to see a game. Uh, and I can't, I couldn't think of the last time that we had like a properly snowy Spartan Stadium game. Um, yeah. So. Uh, there. That, uh, that was a nice place to put a pin in it. And, uh, I guess next week it's going to be, I think it's going to be a wild week in some ways. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get into it a little bit more next week and maybe a bit more of a retrospective on the season. But uh, for now, gentlemen, go green. Go white. Go white. Timo Sill.